Well, hey, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, online with us this morning. So from your home, and so I'm sitting next to this, this fireplace that's radiating heat, and it's, and it's awesome. So I hope that you guys are home and, and comfortable. Um, we're glad that you guys are joining us uh, for our service this morning. Um, we, we really do hope, I hope that you had an amazing and incredible uh, Christmas uh, that was just filled with, was filled with beauty uh, and with hope. And, and as I have been able to reflect on, on Christmas this year, and it sounds cliche, but as we've been going through this, this letter of Ephesians from Paul to the people of, of Ephesians, like, there is this reality that, that no gift, no gift under the tree comes even remotely close to the gift that we have in Jesus, right? And we've seen that kind of unpacked uh, through this story uh, that Paul ha- has given us. And so I just want to summarize kind of what we've been walking through for these last 15 weeks or so, right? Because, because God, in his tremendous power, right, with this, this love that he has for us, right, he, he chose us, right, uh, in, in his power, in his sovereignty. He, he chose a people to, to be his children, right, who are his sons uh, and his daughters. And, and and together we get to experience uh, both in the present but also right, in the future uh, the blessings of, of being a part uh, of this family. And Paul really goes into great detail to help us understand right, the beauty of the story, right, the nature of this identity. Because apart from Jesus, uh, we, we were described as, as people who were dead in our trespasses and our sins. Right? But then there's this, this massive contrast statement. And it starts in the word but, right? And it says, but God, right, when his great love for us, what does he do? He actually made us alive together with Christ. And it's this incredible, beautiful, amazing uh, picture of God's love for us that despite right, all of this, this self-centeredness and, and despite all of the stuff that's going on inside of me, that he would take it upon himself, right, to, to bring us into this, to this right relationship, to transform us from the inside out, that he would make us new. And, it, and it's not something, we know this, it's not something we can earn, and it's not something that, that we can, can do, right, but it is purely, and I love this word, it's purely a gift from God, right? And, and as I think about Christmas, like not everybody has the ability uh, to buy gifts for their family on Christmas. And we, we probably all wish that we could because a gift is, is something that, that we do for somebody else. It's something that, that I pay for, right? With my own effort, with my own work, with my own money. It's a gift that, that I buy uh, on behalf of somebody that I love. And it's something that I give to them because of my care and my love for this person. And it demonstrates how much I love this person, right? And I want to give good gifts. And this is the way that God is with us, right? Um, is that he gives good gifts, and so as I was thinking about, like, like Christmas time, like, like, can you imagine, what if it was possible? I mean, it's not, but what if it was possible to, to take the love of God, right, that's expressed in, in Ephesians, if you could take the love of God and if you could somehow wrap it in a box and put it in a box and cover it with paper and put a nice bow on it, right? Like, what, can you imagine if you could actually do that and to see somebody open that gift and, and to experience and to see the love that is, that is beyond words, like the love that radiates out of God 
for his people. It's, it's really, it's just a tremendous, it's the, it's the most valuable gift that a person can ever ultimately receive, right? It's a beautiful gift. And so when we think about this, right, we begin to see, in, in contrast to this gift, right, like we, we begin to see that life without God really is a life without hope. And that's how we're described in, in the letter of, the, of, uh, of Ephesians, right? Is that we are without God and without hope in the world apart from, from Jesus. And so it's a life without joy. It's, it's a life without hope. But when Jesus enters into the story, like, like man, it, you, your, your life is filled with, with, with love, with, with life, and, and with hope, right? But it's, it's not... Um, it's not just something that's for me, right? It's not just for me, right? Because cause you see that, that God knew that there were these things that, that separated um, his chosen people from the rest of the world, right? From the Jews, from the Gentiles, right? There's these things that separated them. And it was God's plan all along to actually, to, to make this perfect family, right? The one that includes, this family that includes um, anybody who wants to be a part of it. And it doesn't matter their age, and it doesn't matter their gender, and it doesn't matter uh, the color of their skin, it doesn't matter their social status, and, and it doesn't matter what is all involved in your past, whatever your story is, right? right? And so what, what Jesus did is that he removed this thing called the dividing wall of hostility. And so he, he brings these two people together, right? And so the, the book of Ephesians is so much about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth, right? And how these two things blend together in Jesus. And a part of Jesus' life and his death and resurrection, as he brings these two realities together, he's actually able to create an entirely new humanity where it's not Jews and it's not the rest of the world and the Gentiles, right? This is one new humanity, right? And it's this beautiful picture of Jesus, and it's this beautiful picture of the church. And so, and as we begin to think about this, part of the way that Paul describes it is there's this light that's entering into the world, right? There's this light that's entering in. And as light enters into us, it, it exposes, right, the darkness that was inside of us, and exposes all of these old gifts that, that we've gathered from over the years, and we've placed them deep inside of our hearts. And as light comes into that darkness, right, the clutter of our hearts is, is ultimately uh, exposed, right? And, it's, and we begin to see, as light shines on these gifts, that, that we're still attached to these gifts, these old gifts that, that we long for. And, and they have power. They still have power uh, in, our, in our life, right? And it's, these, it's true, though, that these things inside of us, they, they fight. They, they have this tendency to fight or to be opposed to what God wants to do both in us and through us. And so there's this incredible portrait in, in the center of this text, of the center of this letter in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, that, that talks about how we have the privilege and the ability to actually to step deeper and deeper and deeper into God's love in such a way that it actually allows us to grow rooted and grounded and stable right, in, this, in this, this beautiful picture of God's love for us, right, that we can experience this. And we even talked uh, about how the Temple of Artemis, this was this, this classic known structure. In fact, it was the largest structure in all of antiquity, right, in its time. 
in, in, all, of the, in all of that area. And uh, people would have walked in and would have been amazed at, at the grandness, the majesty of this, of this building. And it's like Paul invites us as the author to take the roof and the walls off of this building because that, the building and all of its greatness has, has, no, has, has, has no way, in no way, shape, or form can it come close to the greatness and the magnitude of who God is, right? It's this incredible picture. And so it's like Paul invites us into this, this vast cosmos right? Because this is God's creation. He's not contained to a building. In fact, he created the entire universe, which is bigger than we can even imagine. And he invites us to take steps into this love over and over and over uh, and over again, right? Into this, this unlimited, eternal, never diminishing love that God has for his people. And it's just this incredible, beautiful picture. And as we experience that love over and over and over in, in the midst of all of our grossness, in the midst of all of our sin, in the midst of all of our brokenness, in the midst of all of our messes, we experience that love over and over and over. I think that what we oftentimes find is that the center of, of what it means to be a Christian is that we actually, we actually desire, our, our greatest desire and our greatest purpose in life is to actually become more like Jesus. And there's this desire then to follow him and to be transformed into his likeness and to be transformed by the gospel, not just in one area, but actually in every area of our life. And so we have to be reminded of, I think, just on a daily basis, that what's most satisfying in life is actually, is actually Jesus, right? He's the single most satisfying thing, Right? Uh, in our life. Uh, and, and, and the more that we want to follow, the more that we want to, to be transformed into his likeness, right, the more that the gospel begins to transform every area of my life, right? And, and, and there's this reality that, that the gospel changes, right? It changes how I talk. It changes the way that I speak. It changes how I treat other people, Right? It changes the things that I'm interested in, right? And those old and gross habits in my life, uh, they seem less and less appealing the more that the gospel, the light of the gospel enters into those areas, right? And so it changes how we live. It changes how we walk. It changes all those things. And not only that, it changes you know, how, we, how we even think about marriage, like what marriage is and, and how we actually relate to our spouse and this, this mutual submission of, um, in, in this reverence, this mutual remiss, uh, reverence um, for Christ, right? And so we serve and love each other. We meet each other's needs, uh, which is a beautiful picture of the, the way that God loves us, right? And it changes how we parent, right? It changes how we, how we relate to our kids, and it changes even as kids how we see our parents. And what does it mean to be obedient? And why should I be obedient? As the gospel enters in, it transforms all of those things. But not only that, it also transforms like, uh, the way that we view work, right? We're created, we're designed um, to do good works, right? And so, and so the workplace is not just a place where I go uh, to, to check boxes, right, so that I get a paycheck at the end of the day or at the end of the month so that I can buy groceries, right? It's, it's, it is that, but it's also so much more than that. It's, it becomes a place where I work for Jesus, not, not in a way that I'm trying to please men, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to please Jesus, right? And I'm, I'm working as for the kingdom. Uh, and it's this beautiful picture of the way the gospel enters into really every area of, of our lives, that we're working for the sake 
of the kingdom, right? And we really are, each and every one of us as Christians, we are these, these gospel carriers, right? We, we carry the gospel with us uh, from place uh, to place. And it's that same gift that, that we ultimately receive, right? The, the beauty of, the, of God's love in that gift to us is that same gift we received is the same gift that we carry with us. And what Paul invites us to do is, is he says, pray, pray for opportunities, where you, where you live, right, in, in, in your neighborhood with all those people that live next to you, um, where you work with all of your coworkers and your boss and, and where you play, wherever it is that you recreate, would you, would you pray uh, that God would, would bring you opportunities for the sake of the gospel? So it's not just a gift for us, it's a gift for, for ultimately for, for every single person. And that's how incredible right, the, the gift is. That's the incredible blessing that it means to be a part of the kingdom. But as we looked at um, several weeks ago, um, as, we, as we think about this, as we carry this gospel gift, we, we actually make some pretty powerful enemies, right? Not, not least of which uh, is, is the devil, who is who's radically opposed to, to the gospel gift, right? He's, he's radically opposed to us receiving it. And, and if he can't stop us from receiving the gift, then, then certainly what he's going to do is he's going he's to try and hinder us from ever bringing the gift to other people, right? And he's radically opposed to the gospel. He wants to keep people in the dark, which means that he wants to keep Christians from growing because when we grow and, we, and grow into the likeness of Jesus, what actually happens is that we long to carry this gift with us wherever we go, right? It's a piece of growing in our Christ-likeness. And what Satan knows is that if I come to understand, if we as the church come to understand the fullness of God's love in, in all of its breadth, in all of its width, in all of its depth, in, in all of its height, if we come to understand the fullness of God's love, then we will never be content with just coming to church and just listening to another sermon and then going, home, right? Because it, it saturates and it incorporates every area of our life, right? And so Paul, he actually, he, he wraps up this entire letter with these, these final words, these final greetings. And, and here's what he says. He says in verse 21, chapter 6, 6, 621, he says, so that you may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts, right? Um, you remember that as Paul is writing this letter, as he's finishing us up, he's been penning, and as he's been penning, he's been writing from this damp, dark, like small prison cell uh, under the Romans, right? And when Paul, as he finishes this letter, he's like, guys, here's what I want you to know. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged, right? Don't worry about me. What I want for you to know is I want you to be encouraged. Like, I'm fine. You worry about you. What I want for you is that you would understand God's love for you because that's the core, right? It's the core of this whole thing. And this really is the theme of this book, right? It runs from beginning to end, this, this love that God has and the form that it takes and, and, the, and the ability that it has to transform us into likeness. And at the very end, in these last two verses, he actually mentions love three times. Check this out. 
He says, peace be to the brothers and love, right? Love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I love that word, incorruptible. I love how Paul finishes this letter. He says this word is incorruptible, right? It means a love that, that never diminishes. It's a love that, that nothing can corrupt, that nobody can get into, not even Satan, right? It's this love that never diminishes. This is a love that we can actually have. It's like Paul poses this question at the end saying, gosh, do you, do you get it? Do you realize that you can be in this relationship? You can actually love God in a way that never diminishes. Do you? Do you love God in a way that never diminishes? And so for, for us, maybe the gospel for you this year was, was actually the, the very first time that you unwrapped the gift. And it was this amazing, incredible gift. And, and maybe uh, for, for many of you, right, you've actually known Jesus for 60 years. And, and the gift that, that you unwrapped is the same gift under the tree that's been rewrapped every single year, right? But whoever you are and wherever you're at in life, right, whether you just, just met Jesus or came to know Jesus, or, you, you know, you've known him for 60 years, my hope for you, like Paul's hope for the people, is that you've been encouraged by this letter. You've been encouraged by the love that God has for you and the identity that you have in Jesus. But, but I pray more than that, that you would be challenged, right? That you would be challenged uh, to find yourself on a daily basis being rooted and grounded in, in love in such a way that it's radically transforming every area of your life. And so here's my prayer for you guys. May you find yourself this Christmas season um, loving Jesus with a love that is incorruptible, right? A love, having this love for Jesus that never diminishes, but with each day grows deeper and deeper and deeper, rooted and grounded in the love that God has for you. I want to thank you guys for, for joining us on this journey through, uh, through the letter uh, of Ephesians. And we're just so thankful uh, that we got to walk through this together. And so I pray. Uh, I just want to end in prayer um, for this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We come before you um, this morning in this, this short time as we kind of sum up uh, you know, the letter, uh, in, almost in Christmas language, sum up the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Lord, I pray that, that we would uh, grasp onto the gift that you've given us with all of our hearts, and that that would be the pure, the center of our joy this season as we look to Jesus, uh, who is the, um, the giver of the best gifts. And so we thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for all the blessings in our lives, and uh, we, we are encouraged and challenged uh, to become more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're actually going to finish our time this morning um, with a song, The Fullness of God. And, and maybe you guys remember at the very beginning of our series, we, we handed out these prayer cards, right? And it's this, the center of Ephesians, which is two parts, God's story and our story. And at the center is this prayer that Paul lists out in, in 3, 14 to 21, which you heard Manny read as well. And, and so I want to invite you guys to reflect on this song uh, with me and that we would together reflect on the love of God. Um, but, but just 
just because we're not in this series anymore doesn't mean that this, this prayer is no longer our prayer. And so I invite you guys to continue to pray with me that God would continue to do, right, far beyond the things that we can ever even ask or imagine. Let's reflect.